episode 100. It's finally here. We made it. You made it. Thanks for sticking with us all this time. When we started this podcast, we kind of had two goals. One was just to try and keep putting it out every three weeks. And yeah, we did it. Check. The second was really to create content that would help you become more effective as a technical artist in your church, which in turn helps your church become more effective. And from my perspective, at least, I feel like there's a lot of content out there about how to use gear or finding the most efficient way to, I don't know, stream your service or light your stage or whatever. And all that's really good and necessary. And I mean, I would have been dead without it in my early years as a TD, but I feel like there's so much more to what we do than gear stuff like relationships and trust and volunteers and handling mistakes and figuring out what your production values are. And that's kind of the stuff that nobody really tells you about before you decided to get involved working on your church's production team. And honestly, because our churches don't really know what we do, they don't really know that it's about more than just the gear. And because they feel like they're already spending a ton of money on production, they don't really think about the need for each of us to get personal development, you know, to get better at what we do on the non-gear side. And so this podcast and really everything we do is to help fill that gap. And so for us over the course of the last hundred episodes, I've been part of some pretty amazing conversations with a long list of some pretty amazing people, people who are doing what you do out there in one way or another, you know, different aspects of the types of challenges we deal with each week, whether we're hearing from a lighting person, a video person, an audio person, a pastor, a creative or worship pastor, a technical director, you name it. Uh, we're looking at kind of what we have going on and what do we do about it. And All of this is in the hopes that it can help you become a better version of yourself in the process of you listening to this podcast. So thanks for joining us, and hopefully it's been good for you. In fact, if it has been, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at philopodcast at philo.org. Let us know how we've been doing, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to know how this has really helped you. So today on the podcast, in the spirit of the 100th episode, we're going to talk about celebrating. I celebrated a little bit just by saying, you know, I can't believe we made it, but we're going to be talking about how to celebrate, when to celebrate, and the importance of celebrating for ourselves and for our teams. And for us to talk about this topic today, I've invited some of the best people who celebrate that I know to talk about kind of their secrets for celebrating moments and their teams really well. So let's just get right into it. I'm super pumped to be here for our 100th podcast. I'm Aubrey Wentz. Todd and Chelsea asked me to be our guest host for this podcast, and I'm part of our core team, our coaching team. You've seen me on stage hosting at Philo Conference, but today I am joined by some very special Philo people in our community to celebrate 100 episodes and to talk about celebration. So I'm here with Todd, Mr. Philo himself, the founder of Philo. We're here because Todd decided to say yes to a wild idea. And the rest of us are here because we decided to say yes to Todd's ask. (laughs) So I'm also joined by Chelsea Privil. She's the COO at Philo. She keeps us all in line, doing the things we're supposed to be doing on track, on time, and with enthusiasm, vision, and passion. And then Nate Parker is here. He's the technical producer for us. We do Philo Conference and helps with a ton of stuff during the year, too, leading up to Philo Conference. So welcome, friends. Thanks for having me. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Hi, Obs. (laughs) Hi, Nate. So good. Okay, so part of the reason we're here today, we want to really talk about 
what does celebrating look like and how do we celebrate well as we're here for our 100th episode, knowing that a lot of the work that we do is hard work, it's intentional work, it's work that's not seen a lot, and it's work that's really worth celebrating. I know each of you feel passionate about that, but I'm curious, when did you feel like you first uncovered that value for yourself? Like, when did it turn? Because you're all known in the Philo community for being people who want to celebrate and do team well. When did that first start for you? I think I grew up in a house that celebrated a lot. So in prep for this, I just thought a lot about the environment that I grew up in and the fact that we celebrated holidays and and birthdays often and quite big. And even still to this day, the surprise factor is huge in our family way more than (laughs) I would ever think would still be carried on. And I'm in my late 30s now, but it still happens and it happens all the time. So that's one thing. But I think from a work perspective or from a church culture perspective, my first full-time role as a tech director, I quickly realized that my innate gifts are not as much around the gear and not as much around how to run the soundboard and and how to do all the technical things. It's more in the recruitment and then the leading of great teams. And I think such an integral piece that I learned so quickly is about how to not only train them and retain them, which is so important to what we do, but how to love on them well and in unique ways that are meaningful to each of them because we're not all wired the same. And so really trying to figure out Mm. how to see people and encourage them and inspire them to keep going at what they're doing, help them know that they're really a valuable person on this team, not just for the role that they're doing. And so then that really looks like celebrating small things all along the way with them. So yeah, it might be the completion of a giant event or service that we did together, but it might look like celebrating the end of somebody's great first serve. Or if I challenge them to grow in one area when I can see that they did, you know, to celebrate that and call that out in them. I think culture and kind of an environment of celebration was something that became important to me in my first full-time role out of high school. That's great. I love that. You know, what we do as production people is not easy and it's full of tension and can sometimes be very stressful. And when things are not going well, it gets even worse. And somewhere along the way, I was doing a service and people were getting so angry and yelling at people and just like getting worked up about the bad things that were happening. And I just remember thinking, if you're hoping to get the best out of me, this is not working. And then from that point on, just watching how the team kind of behaved and so much of how they were behaving was out of fear. Like, I'm going to do great work because I'm afraid to Mm. screw up. Mm -hmm. And I thought, geez, this is like not healthy. I'm not going to do it this way. And so it just, it became then almost a mission for me to say, hey, we're going to make mistakes. That's the other part of it too. It's like the people that I was working with were top end Mm like best of the best, and they're making mistakes. Like, okay, so this is, you can't hire enough of the most expensive people to get rid of mistakes. You just can't do it. It's human nature. Right, it will happen. And so 
So for me, then it just became about, okay, we are going to make mistakes. So let's, let's learn from them, but let's work out of the parts of us that, you know, I'm good at this. And so I'm going to do great and bad things will happen and that's okay. And so it's not so much about celebrating, but it's more about putting the moments into context and being thrilled with doing good stuff together instead of always focusing on the, the things that are going wrong. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I heard a quote just earlier today and the leader said, leadership success is finding something worth committing your time to, irregardless of whether you're successful or not. Mm. And I was like, well, that's curious because I think most leaders would be like, well, I want to be successful, knowing that sometimes it'll be a mistake, sometimes it'll be successful, but the goal is to find something worth putting your time towards Mm -hmm. and creating a space for a team to find that. It's really good time. Yeah. I learned pretty early on. I'm all for like a big group celebration, but I have to like get psyched for that. Like I have to get (laughs) excited to do it. It doesn't come natural for me. Mm -hmm. As a leader, as I'm looking to celebrate others, I like to do that individually. So similar to what Chelsea just mentioned, I think the heart behind it for me is celebrating who they are as individuals and not necessarily the work that they've done or will do. I actually just heard a quote yesterday focusing more on the who rather than the do. Mm-hmm. And in preparation for this, I just thought that, that was pretty appropriate that, you know, we can we can work on the do, we can plan on the do, I can give you a mile-long list of what to do. But then as the leader, it's my job to celebrate you as a who, as a who <laughs> you are and what you bring, because ultimately it's the collection of individuals on the team that really makes it worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I love that like each of you, it's the same question, but each of you shared differently, like a reason to celebrate, to mark a moment, whether that's an individual moment for one person, many moments along the way for a team or big moments for a team. And that how much you learned that as a child growing up to like mark the moment with celebration or celebrate to create culture is a lot of what you were talking about, Todd, Mm -hmm. like create the kind of culture, the kind of team atmosphere we want to be a part of. And then Nate, your focus on like celebrating on that. I love that. Who rather than do. And uniquely, each of you answered it. And even what you said, Nate, you go, I'm not really good at the big party part. So like as a leader to know Mm -hmm. how are you wired to, as a person, to trust that that's the person God brought to lead your team and they need your flavor of celebration for the season that you're the leader. And then to look to the other people on your team, because I'm sure like, Nate, when there's a big party to be had, you probably know exactly who on your team you can ask to like help you with that. You're like, I don't have to do it. I'm going to ask so-and-so to help me plan this because they rock at it. But you're not trying to like generate a kind of celebration that's not natural to you as a leader. That's really really important. So in the feel of being leaders and team celebrators, I have specific examples of things I've experienced from each of you, but I would love for you to share. How does leading with fun and celebration build like camaraderie, a, a little bit of that like culture building thing? And I I have some things in mind, but you're also free to share whatever comes to mind. <laughs> So you're probably thinking of the pom-poms. It's true. It's true. So the pom-pom concept, all of our listeners, like imagine a little fuzzy, sometimes felty feeling, Mm -hmm. little colored 
ball. They come in various sizes, oftentimes used in crafts, or kids might yeah, enjoy them. you make them. a caterpillar out of them. Yeah, yeah make yeah. a caterpillar. Yeah, right. Very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> oh, man. So that's what we're talking about. The whole pom-pom concept came to life here in the Philo office. Those of us, there's there's four of us that are here in the office on a weekly basis. And I was on the hunt for a way to show affirmation or to show appreciation or congratulations to people without always having to use paragraphs of words, <laughs> whether verbally or written. That's not everyone's favorite love language. That's not how everyone likes to receive mm-hmm. affirmation. And so I was looking for an alternate way to do that. And so just here in the office months ago, probably six plus months ago, I bought a giant bag of pom-poms. They're so cheap. It was like the easiest way. And I just bought a whole bag and brought them here to the office and just started leaving them, throwing them, handing them. Like throwing handfuls of them? Throwing handfuls, <laughs> yeah. Like surprise attacks. Yeah. Earlier um, today, a big uh, a big cup full of them came yeah. flying out. Yeah. yeah, they did. Start of the day, whole cup It's full. a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <It> <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Clean up afterwards. It is. It really is. And with it comes whoever I'm giving it to or whoever I'm mm. throwing them towards. They're soft. They're soft and uh, light and gentle. Yeah, towards, <laughs> in your general direction. In yeah. your general it's not direction. violent. <laughs> What was established at the beginning of this season was, hey, when these show up, Mm. when you encounter them, this is my intent behind them. This is what I mean. I might be congratulating you for finishing a giant project or overcoming a giant hurdle or just celebrating your existence, you know, your birthday or your work anniversary or something like that. I might do a drive-by, just like plop one on somebody's desk and, and they know that I'm thinking of them or that I see them, that sort of thing. And so at conference this past May, I brought a baggie of them, just probably 50 pom-poms, really going into it just with the intention of having a way to show all these things to my two particular teammates who know about this piece of our culture. And I was like, oh, this will be the perfect way because then I don't have to stop them in the middle of whatever they're doing. You know, that takes time and that's awkward and all these things. But really, God did something in my heart as early as when I got to the venue on Sunday, Mm -hmm. which we were all just setting up and unloading trucks and all the things that I could do this for more people than just for the two of them. I was like, I have a pretty big bag of them. Like, I could just kind of make this my thing, my little secret mission. And so I had the best time for the next four days introducing people to the concept of the pom-poms. And once you say it once, then they know, Mm -hmm. right? I can't just walk up to somebody and hand it off and then walk away. They'll be like, you've lost your mind. But if I can explain it, at the beginning and hand it off and have kind of like a meaningful moment, then if they get a second or a third or a fourth Mm -hmm. from me throughout the conference, then they know. And so it just kind of became a really cool thing that I was able to have an interaction with people that felt intentional. In a lot of ways, I was celebrating people's big moments or small moments. I just had a blast kind of watching for what was happening inside of my team and with the other team leaders that we had and and having the chance to kind of encourage them that way. But then all the way up to Wednesday teardown, I had one left in my pocket. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, God, literally, Mm -hmm. I don't know who this is supposed to go to. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, there's a person. Is it supposed to be it? And I tried to discern kind of and wait. 
And it was never the right person, so I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. And in comes Jill, who led our breakout tech support team. And she and I didn't interface a ton during the conference. I was like, that's the perfect person. And so just had a chance when the whole thing was over to, like, speak words and, like, give her a thing and a pom-pom and to just kind of mark that moment, you know, taking it back to what you said before. And that was an awesome interaction. So now there's people all around the country that – know my little secret and I think there are some posted on people's desks and my husband has one on his nightstand and somebody's got one at their desk and you know and so hopefully they can look at that and think of encouragement or a great experience at the Philo conference or hopefully something positive that they felt loved in that moment. So pom-poms in your face is a phrase we say around here when we don't actually have them. (laughs) Like if we're on Slack or, you know, Asana, um, I've mailed them before. So you guys just watch out. Like you don't know. Fantastic. I think the thing that I love so much about it, maybe as humans, but I would say as tech people, it's so easy for us to look for the things that need to improve. You know, the things we didn't do so well or like, Mm -hmm. okay, we could do that better or we're just not naturally wired to look for the good stuff that's happening. And especially in the world of church production, it's like nobody knows when things go right, Mm. except for us. Like we're the only ones who know it. And we don't say anything to each other about it. Like we just, we're looking past, yeah, of course that you did that good, you know, but we got to fix this other thing. Yeah, Specifically when it's really complicated and it goes right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to then create a mechanism Mm-hmm. For yourself to be, I'm I'm on the lookout for something good, so that I can give one of these away. I just love that that change of mindset because mm-hmm. it when you're experiencing something now, you have antenna up for mm-hmm. the good mm-hmm. instead of always you know I got a list of things to fix mm-hmm. for next time. Which I mean that's not bad, but right. I just think I used to think about it for myself like I always was looking for someone to say great job. Mm. And, you know, it didn't happen all the time. And so I'm like, if I want it so bad, I mean, everybody on the team wants it too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I love the, especially to not have to go into it all the time, you know, to be able to hand one to somebody and not have to like have, you know, the most eloquent thing to say, but just like I noticed and good job. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love it. I would love like for anybody listening, if you're running with a team on a Sunday morning or Saturday night, like what if you just preloaded five pom-poms into your pocket every Sunday morning and you just knew I'm going to, and I love Chelsea, like your example of your very last one that you're like, okay, God, like who is this for? It wasn't like, well, I guess I have one left. I'll just bring it back to my pile of 49. (laughs) It was like, you're like, no, I'm going to leave here empty handed because I've given out all the encouragement. But like, what if you preloaded five in your pocket as a team leader and just knew like, it's not going to be all my volunteers every weekend. Maybe you'd even give one to a vocalist or something too, like someone on the other side. Come on. Totally. (laughs) That's crazy. Or your pastor. Like, I'm telling you, you will be shocked at how relationships change with leadership when you go their way to encourage them. Like, maybe challenge Mm -hmm. everybody listening this weekend, grab a pom-pom, think, or whatever the right mechanism is for you, and think of something to be, show gratitude towards your lead pastor this weekend. Ah. It's hard to walk up to someone and just give words. Right. And so, and that is a struggle for me sometimes. And so having a physical something as silly as a pom-pom is starts the conversation. Mm -hmm. 
And not everybody that received one from me is hanging on to it and thinking about it. And, you know, it My didn't turn into— My kids took in- mine. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, found them, and I don't know where they are now. <laughs> I found one, and then I found one in one of their, like, little buckets the other day. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's my pom-pom. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people would want the tangible thing, and that marks the moment for them. Other people, they can remember the words, or it was good in the moment, and that was enough. You know, But for me, it was such a helpful starter, and then— the repeater without having to have the words. And so it just kind of provided an amazing mechanism. And I was not expecting it to go the way that it did. It was just the most wonderful surprise at the conference. Can you give like the little, because I remember the first one you gave me and like the little phrase you said to set it up. Can you like pretend you're giving one to Nate right now? <laughs> what they can't like see what is that I'm, I'm holding a cooch ball right has. now, yeah, which is are. hilarious. It's, really it's a different form, a larger version of a pom pom. That might hurt if you threw a bucket yeah, of that. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I think if I was walking up to somebody that hadn't gotten one from me before, it would just be like, okay, so I have a little tradition that I want to introduce you to. And this started in the file office, and it's a way of giving some encouragement and some affirmation. You don't have to keep this if you don't want to, but I'm going to give you a pom-pom. And this symbolizes the fact that I see you, I celebrate you, I'm really grateful for you. Whatever the key words are for that moment, like I saw you nail that transition and I know you worked really hard at it. I'm so grateful you figured it out. And so this is for you. Just know that I see you, you're loved, grateful for you, and then walk away. And then, awesome. oh, and I might tie in like, and if I give you a second or a third or a fourth, now you know why. It might not always come with all the mushy words, but here <laughs> you go. Grateful for you. Something that. like that. Yeah. Doesn't have to be long. Right. Just enough. So good. Love that. And maybe you said this already, but, you know, part of it was born out of some people being uncomfortable receiving words, you know, especially, mm. you know, I think a lot of people in our community just like, it, we live in this really weird tension of, we like being invisible, but we also want to be encouraged, yeah. but we don't embarrass me. And so the pom-pom, especially after, you know, getting another one, you know, it's like good job and, you know, we don't have to mm-hmm. like make yeah. each other uncomfortable. And <laughs> I think in the tech world, I've, if I imagine a Sunday morning, especially a stressful Sunday morning, or maybe you're running all over the place and you aren't hunkered down in your spot in the booth, one can be left at your position from your leader or from a teammate or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you come back to your spot, you know why. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing that at the conference for teammates who were in the middle of like something crazy and hard. And I knew that they were in the middle of like dealing with a hundred problems. They just like leave it on their laptop and they knew. Yeah. You know, so whenever they came back, they're like, okay, we got this. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Nate, can you share a little bit about this leans more to your awesome strength of the individual one-on-one relational piece Mm. of one of the ways you like to, it's a version of celebrating actually. Yeah. So it's probably a couple conferences ago. I started more as a way of thanking folks for their time, their efforts, their skills. I would just send out, it wasn't, super long paragraphs, but it might be a couple of words or sentences that I saw in them at mm-hmm. the conference and just highlighted their value to the team, to me individually, the things that they brought their authentic selves mm-hmm. to the group and just pointed those out 
in a message, said thank you probably more times than, <laughs> um, yeah. Just gave that as a way of not only marking the moment for them, but celebrating them and yeah, just emphasizing gratitude, which is sometimes hard to do in those moments, but maybe a day after or later on that day, just to send that. And then just the responses that come back mm-hmm. from those. It's like, man, I really needed that. Or mm. I didn't know you felt that way or however it might be. I mean, some of them are big responses mm-hmm. and others are just, oh yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. See you next time. And that's great too. Because this is an email. You write individually yeah. a personalized email to each person. It's yeah. not like one big email through planning time right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Yeah, it's, I usually respond to their like last message to me. I, t- I try to yeah. so that it comes back not as a new message, but as a, hey, I see you. And mm. this is a continuation of a relationship, not an end to it. So yeah, I try to get those out quickly. And then I'm not expecting anything back, but I usually get just some some very kind words back as well, which is great. So mm. I love that. Todd, you've mm. unofficially, it's official. I think once you do something <laughs> twice, it's <laughs> official. It becomes oh. a tradition. Mm. And so for those listening, <laughs> part of what is really, really just delightful about being a part of the Philo Court team is we, because we have some excellent celebrators on our team, we have really great celebrations. Mm. We celebrate at Christmas time together. We celebrate after a conference. I think Nate would agree with that. Like love celebrating together. Oh, yeah. We all definitely like mark the time up on our calendars. Yeah. And Todd has now officially started a tradition <laughs> of a really unique way that I mm. want our listeners to hear of celebrating our team. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have been thinking about it and trying to remember like the first time I did something like this. Oh, yeah. It must have been back when I was in Michigan. Like Mm -hmm. I I think I probably did something then. And I was reminded even, I think Joanne who's been on the podcast, she's on the core team. I did something with my team at one point when I was working at Willow that I didn't remember at the time. But but now, yeah, I've been thinking about it. it. Basically, the idea is to notice people and see people and thank people for what they do. And so for me, it sort of became a, what can the vehicle be for these words? Do you know what's really great? It's we're like building a lot of tension right now. Right, yes, I realize that. No one knows. And I know know what's coming. And I am just like, wish I could be in the spaces where this is going to be listened to and people start cracking up. Go for it, Todd. I was just like, the tension is mounting. So part of it is, for me personally, I needed something to stir up words for Mm -hmm. me to say. And so a couple of years ago, I gave everybody on the core team a can of Pringles. And each can of Pringles was a different flavor or different size. Or How many of us are on the core team? 10? Uh-huh. Right now, there's 15. 15. But back then, there had to be 10 or less. Yeah, yeah. Eight. Yeah, probably. I but think still, there are 10 different flavors of Pringles oh, that yes. I was impressed yeah, with. Yeah, so I don't know how I landed on Pringles. Maybe I had done this with Great. another team. Mm-hmm. I couldn't Great remember. Choice. But <laughs> I went to the grocery store and I just stood in the in front of the Pringles. I would have loved to be there <laughs> with a, with as a, you're trying with to pick a, these out. You know, just with a shopping cart. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this was so-and-so and this is so-and-so. And just like matching names with, you know, like Flavors. Sarah, who's on our team. She's really tall. So, oh, you get the party size, you know, really tall <laughs> wow. can of Pringles. And there must have been somebody really short on the team at the time because I got like the small can. The fun size. Yeah, the fun uh-huh. size. Yeah. Anyway, so part of it, it becomes like there's a funny component, yeah. but then there's also like a 
a serious component of like actual thanks and appreciation. And so Chelsea and I were talking about our celebration after the Philo conference this year and like, Hey, what are we going to do? We should do something again. And, you know, Pringles are fun, but, Oh, you do crackers or, you know, we were just like thinking about Pringles twice. Like, I know it's been a few years. Chips or something. And I was like, mayonnaise, there's lots of kinds of mayonnaise. And she's like, okay, you know, just like move past it. Yeah, I think we were talking about condiments. And I was like, yeah, you could do like ketchup and mayo and relish and mustard (laughs) or whatever. And he was like, mayonnaise. Yeah. I just couldn't stop thinking about mayonnaise. (laughs) So so I'm like, I'm just going to, yeah, we're going to go with the mayonnaise thing. So (laughs) the funny thing is, I went went to the store to, I have two funny stories here. I went to the store. (laughs) To like, hey, I got a couple minutes. It's time to buy the mayonnaise, you know, to go stand in front of the mayonnaise section. And the grocery store I was doing at, they were doing inventory. (laughs) That's right. And they were there was somebody doing mayonnaise inventory. (laughs) Of course. I can't stand here and just like look at the back of this person, you know, trying to look around. People on your team. Right. Who would get this mayonnaise? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I have left. You know, I just like, okay, I got to do this some other time. Did you go so, to another store or you just came back later? No, no. So then the morning of the party, uh, <laughs> I should back up. So then I went online mm. and to the store that I usually shop at and just like mayonnaise, you know, Research. did a search. Yes. It's good. And so I started copying, pasting, you know, the pictures and then trying to line up the people. And so then I went to the store. And I ran into Aubrey. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was like, with my youngest daughter. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I have uh, this little tiny cart. And yeah, <laughs> I, 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 number one, I never get the small cart. Yeah. I think it's a waste of time. You know, just like get the big <laughs> cart because you never know what you're going to get. I, uh-huh. So if, you don't shop with a list then. I know no, no, exactly I, what I'm going to get. If I shop with a list, even if it's a short list, I will get the big cart because you never know, like, oh, we forgot. That we need True. to put that on the list or whatever. So, so you pushing the small car. I was pushing the small car. I'm already yeah, out of my know. comfort zone. <laughs> Way out. Yeah. And so I run into Aubrey, and then I'm thinking, I'm already feeling a little bit uncomfortable that I'm going to show up at the checkout. Rightfully, with mayonnaise. So. Fifteen, conti- yeah, 15 yeah. jars of, of mayonnaise. <laughs> but how am I going to get it around? You know, past Aubrey. So I went and I picked out the the mayonnaise. The good part about going online was I found this very obscure Japanese mayonnaise yeah. that. Uh, I had to go to the Japanese aisle to find it, and I wouldn't have, Amazing. I wouldn't even look there if I hadn't. So, uh, but then I went to the opposite end of the store to check out so that I would not run into Aubrey. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, for me, when I was leading the team at Willow, I, I went to like the bargain bin for movies, for DVDs, mm. and that was the vehicle one year. Just I'm sorry, like, could you explain what those are? Yeah. <laughs> DVD? <laughs> Bargain bin or DVDs? Both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there were, uh, you know, like movies that were $5 yeah. a piece or something. Oh, so. physical media. Okay, yeah, right. gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. I think I have that. It wasn't a somewhere. download. <laughs> Here's the download that represents how yeah. I feel about you. Yeah. <laughs> Be real cheap. It's coming soon. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the whole point is creating a vehicle for saying words. Some are funny and some are uh, hopefully yeah. meaningful and... And then you have something that, you know, every time you use your mayonnaise. Yeah. But one thing we didn't totally take into account for was that a couple of our team members had flown (gasps) here for the meeting Mm. and not all of them had checked luggage. And so they couldn't necessarily take their mayo back with them. If I had been thinking, I would have gotten like a a packet of mayonnaise. 
mm. mayo for those people. Oh, that is a good yeah. idea. You'd have to like go to a restaurant if we can buy those. Right. Anyway, that's totally yeah. irrelevant. So if you saw on social media our post and we're all holding mayo and Todd's in a Team Mayo t-shirt, now oh, you know why. Yeah. Now you know why. <laughs> I thought about wearing it to the podcast today, but. It gets better every year. <laughs> yeah. Like the bar They is don't so know. High. Maybe you are wearing it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's We're right. Not filming this. Yeah, the, and I think it's interesting because part of the pressure to you know produce mm-hmm. something the next year is always weighs on me. But it's still it's worth doing, even though the pressure is you know maybe can get to me. But yeah. I think this is making me think of something else. So one of the things we do for the Philo faculty and volunteers is we give a physical mm-hmm. gift, and because part of it is we're asking a lot of people and. We're asking them to volunteer, and so I just feel like it's really important to give yeah. give a meaningful gift. Like, we can't afford to pay you what you're worth, what your time's worth, so here's something thoughtful that we yeah. can give you. And I think every year, as soon as Philo's done, I start thinking about next year. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, make it yeah. as good as last year, which the pressure is there, but it's still worth going after. For someone to feel like, we thought of you, we thought you would like this, and we really appreciate. Mm-hmm. It creates connection throughout the year in between events too. Mm. Like the cooler bag that we all got, like we've sent pictures to each other of us on a picnic with our kids mm-hmm. or at the pool or wherever going with our, like I've used mine to bring drinks to the pool, non-alcoholic beverages with my children at the yeah. pool. Come on now. Um, <laughs> like I'm seeing Todd's Philo Yeti on the desk here. I drink for mine every day. Nate's got a Philo jacket on right now. Like, <laughs> But then like we text each other about it. We were texting each other about the mayo that we all got and like, it was good on these brats or like, it was good on this sandwich, you know? Like, You went first on it that. It creates this sense of connection. Because we connect with each other. We build trust with each other when we create space for stories to be told and experiences to be had together. And we have a remote team. I mean, we're not together every week in an office, our whole core team. And so to celebrate in ways that connect connection outside of the one time a year or two times a year we're together has really been essential. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Todd and Chelsea, that you set out initially to make it that way, but you've done it. And then you've like unlocked that secret to keeping our team connected and you mm. keep pursuing it. Mm. And that's so valuable. Would you say it's a special sauce? Because <laughs> I think that's the one I got. Yeah, you was did. Special, yeah, you sauce. Did. special sauce. And it was very good. The best part is mine also had like from the label maker uh, stuck on it, my name. Oh, yeah. And my kids yes. keep being like, mommy, why is your name on this? <laughs> because it's Aubrey's mayo. Yeah, right. No touching. I think what's cool about the pom-poms or the mayo, mm. they're really approachable in terms of cost and yep. like easy to access. Yep. Those two, using them as an example, not saying mm. that the world needs to start doing mayo yes. and pom-poms, yeah. but just the idea of like, it's a $5 bag of, 7,000 pom-poms from Target, you know, or mayo from your grocery store. Like we might've been a little bit intentional in coming up with those ideas as mechanisms, but they're not thousand dollar ideas, you know, that keep us from being able to pull the trigger quickly. Mm -hmm. And so that's the encouragement I think here that if something's rumbling inside of you, listeners, like that you would just maybe start small and Mm -hmm. experiment too and figure out kind of what works in the mojo of your team. Um, That's what works on our team and that's been fun so far. But yeah, they're not million dollar ideas that 
Yeah, hard to- you could pick something else like candy or like if there's always something that you can leave on someone's desk to quickly, again, the vehicle for the words yep. because let's face it, production, we're like all have a little like a edge of like social awkwardness when it comes to yep. like the interpersonal thing potentially and it helps us connect with each other. That's really good. The thing that's so important is that it requires intentionality. Mm -hmm. And I think like the idea of pom-poms, like I'm going to go buy these and then go do this thing versus I should say words to my people sometime. You know, just it's still just a vague thing floating out there versus like mayonnaise. We're going to go do it. And then the words, you know, are intentional that are following up those things. So, yeah, even if you're just writing thank you notes or an email or... Right. You know, the, that costs nothing. Years ago, when I was working at Willow Creek, we were doing like a budget meeting where we were talking about things so to cut. Fun. Oh, it was, yeah, yes. so great. Really? And it was meeting. with different departments. So yeah. we were kind Bloody. of like a, I don't know, not a think tank, but a focus group yeah. or something uh-huh. like that. And we were talking about benevolence, the line Ooh. like to like Give send away flowers, money to people, send yeah. flowers to funerals yeah. or, you know. Whatever, and one of the guys in the in the meeting was like, "This is the stupidest line item on our budget," mm. and we're all like, "I don't think you can say that." Mm. And he was like, "You know what? We should not be sending flowers to mm. you know, like if a staff person's family member dies, we should not be sending flowers. We should go. Mm. We should go oh, to the awesome. to the funeral. We should not just send you know send it. We should send a card that costs nothing." You know, we should not be wasting money because nobody, nobody's going to remember the flowers you mm. sent, mm, right. but they're going to remember that you had time to show up. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I just think being intentional and having enough space bandwidth to like drop stuff and mm-hmm. go do, mm-hmm. yeah, I think is so important. I think it's also uh, a key thing to bring up. We talked about the cost, you know, the pom-poms are inexpensive, the mayo from your <laughs> grocery store. I think... The other side of it is for you, Todd and and Chels, just the the intentionality, like we were saying, but also just that it's it's something that you guys value mm-hmm. and that we should all value. Is say we're in that budget meeting and that comes up, like oh maybe we, we don't we can't afford the mayo this year, but for you, Todd, <laughs> yeah. to be like, no, this is important to me mm-hmm. to express, you know, to yeah. celebrate, to to call out. Mm-hmm. goodness and people this way with these things mm-hmm. that you're going to hold that and you're going to say that we're going to keep doing this going yeah. forward. I'm going to come up with a new creative way to show my heart to them mm-hmm. and not let it get cut in a budget right. meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard you say that a couple of times. I'm like, no, this is important to me. And mm-hmm. going like you just said, you're already thinking of the gift for the faculty next year. Like, it shows that it is important to you mm. that you're already thinking about it and that you want to make it something that is of value to them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that line of like focusing on intentionality and even like thinking it out in advance, having it become like a part of like the rhythm and the culture of your team. I don't know. I think maybe we've all been to a celebration, whether it was like a work celebration, ministry celebration, or like family celebration that just like fell flat or felt super awkward. (laughs) And you're like, is this supposed to be fun? I just feel awkward. So I'm (laughs) curious, like what are the things that, what are the things you need to do leading into celebration that help it to actually feel like celebration? That could be like actual like party planning logistics, but I think some of it may even be some of what we talked about with like relationship building. But in your opinions, like, Mm. This is the work you need to do so that celebrating actually feels 
like that. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to think through what do I want people to walk away with at the end of it. So then are the things that I'm planning in the celebration going to meet that goal? But coupled with what people are coming and how do they like to engage with Mm. certain things. So in a large group, Nate's favorite thing, (laughs) large group celebration, it's hard to serve every single person because we're all wired so differently. What I might value personally might be super different than 10 of the other people coming. So I try to like throw on a couple different hats and think through, okay, if I do this one activity or this one gift or this one time of sharing or whatever the thing is, how is that person going to interact and feel in that moment? And kind of do that with some of the key people that are going to be attending and making sure that I'm at some point touching each person's interest. The whole thing by and large might not serve them or might be their favorite way. But if I can have at least one touch point where I know, oh, Kristen interacts this way and I'm this is going to be her favorite moment yeah. or Nate is this way, you know, and kind of do that for the team or whoever's attending. Um, that's a helpful exercise for me personally yeah. before I get too far down the road. But I just want to keep a pulse on the people and make it less about what I want to do or what I think is a cool party. I'm like, this is for the team. So like it should really match what they love to do. So that's good. Yeah. I think on some level for a celebration to, to work, it has to be authentic and real. Mm -hmm. And that requires work that happens outside of planning a big event or the celebration itself, but that there's a, a level of relationship that people know each other and know what sincerity looks like. And I was just thinking about when I was on staff at Willow Creek, we would do a, like once a year, we would do like the entire production volunteer and staff. And, you know, it's like, it's impossible to know everyone. It's impossible for that connection to exist with everybody. But just, I was just sitting here like imagining the people at that event and, you know, to have shown care and, some level of celebration with each of those people yeah. on some level to know their name, to to yeah. know what they're good at. That's what made that event meaningful, I think. Um, one of the other things we used to do at that particular thing that just is coming up into my head was we would make a big circle and put everybody in the order in which they started serving the best part like by of it, years. by year yeah. or month, you know, sometimes it'd be like, oh, I started in January. Uh, okay. Cool. You get to be in front of me, you know? So there's some interesting dynamics that happen when you're just trying to make the circle. But the, one of the things I really love about it is the person who's been serving the longest is standing next to the person who's been serving the, the shortest amount of time, but just to how we would make kind of a moment with that. And even as the leader, I would be standing, you know, in the circle wherever I showed up, mm. but in that particular example, that night was mostly, I don't know, 80% fun and unplanned. There's food, there's games, you know, we're, you know, it's very un, unplanned, but that's not enough, I don't think. But also to have a huge program and to talk at people for a long time, it's like, well, we don't need that either. Mm-hmm. But to gather people together, it's important to do something that's, mm-hmm. you know, we went through the trouble of planning this thing. We have, we need to mark it somehow. Yeah. Intentionality. In the world that we live in as production artists in the local church, 
it's, you know, why are we doing this yeah. and way to go. Like, yeah, yeah the, the team needs to hear it. Yeah. yeah. I can think of celebration that happened multiple times and they would spend a lot of money on really, really great food mm-hmm. and a lot of money on some form of entertainment. And I would sit there with the couple people I was on a team with and our spouses were invited, but there would be no other real form of like connection or intentionality. And I remember thinking like, I mean, I appreciate good food and that I laughed like that because the entertainment was good, <laughs> but I walked, I didn't walk away feeling more connected to the vision of the organization. Mm-hmm. I didn't walk away feeling more connected to my leadership or the team I was on. I mean, I was, I was full and I laughed some, <laughs> but like, then I started thinking like, why did we spend money on that? Like, why did we do it that mm-hmm. way when I don't think any of us felt more connected and some people spent money on babysitters and it was just hard. And I think, Nate, you have become known on our team. I think, I don't, I'm curious where you are in embracing this role that you play on our team. <laughs> yeah, go for it. But uh, <laughs> you lead with such transparency. Mm and vulnerability and honesty. You've done this the last couple of years, but specifically this last year, because you shared with our team leading in that you wanted to be better, like in a manual transmission car, you Mm -hmm. wanted to be better at shifting to the gear that needed attention. Mm -hmm. And so often this last conference, you were the person on the team that said, hold on, we're about to go, like we're about to go all the way to fourth gear, but we actually needed to pull back into like a second and and have a minute where we're a little slower and we mark this moment together as a team. You've become so known on our team for building the kind of community that then wants to celebrate together. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about like what's what's kind of transformed inside of you as a leader? How has that been for you on the Philo team? When we keep pointing it out that you're doing it. <laughs> Just hand him a pom-pom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think as the conference has grown over the years uh, and the team has changed, I think I found it more and more important to slow down mm-hmm. because I feel like the the time that we are together is so brief mm-hmm. uh, and it's oftentimes we get even through the first session, we're like, holy cow, what just happened? <laughs> uh, that was great. But holy cow, here comes another one. <laughs> so I think the, yeah, setting out uh, at the beginning and just naming that that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to go so fast and mm-hmm. Wednesday night is going to be here and it's over that if we can call attention to that ahead of time and say, okay, we have four main sessions right now uh, at our conference and here's what is going to come at us. Here's what we know about each session here's some things that are going to be more difficult. Let's just call them what they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some ones that might be more in our wheelhouse. And then say like, okay, so those things are going to come at us. And if we can prepare now like crazy ahead of time, that's great. Um, but then in the moment, we might need to shift and change and do something different. That's hard to do if you're, if you're not thinking of it in a way that it can stretch your team or grow a skill set if it's just like coming at you oh you got to change i know that would throw me for a loop and i would i'd probably shut down i'd probably resist that change if it wasn't something that that a leader or someone along the way had just said like hey as this is coming just a heads up like this might be Mm -hmm. something that we need to adjust Mm -hmm. i know i would appreciate that being on a team and so Mm -hmm. i tried to 
do that more this year than uh, in years past. And also just being more aware of the the dynamics of the team and that this year specifically things were a little bit harder to bring together mm-hmm. from a leadership side of things. But then once it all fell into place, it, it really did feel like we found the right gear. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great mm-hmm. analogy. It's yours. I just found it from you. <laughs> yeah. It really I, is. I, I mean, to myself. I guess yeah. now looking back, at it, like it really did. Yeah. God brought all the right people at the mm. right time into the right roles. And yeah, just to take that time to call that out and acknowledge that. I think we, we probably did that almost every mm-hmm. huddle mm-hmm. where we just said, you know, you are here for a reason. God gave you the skill set that you are pouring out on onto this conference and in your role. Yeah, and just calling that what it is. And then also in those tough times, yeah, taking a, a time out, a breather, a, a pause, trying to slow things down a little bit, but then also bring energy. I mean, there's other folks on the team that kind of naturally bring energy back to the group after I maybe <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit, which is great. We need it. We need everybody. So yeah, I think the the intentionality behind the gear shift analogy was me as the leader, just making sure that I am able to just be a good clutch, I guess, that mm-hmm. in those moments that, you know, you can press the clutch, get ready to make a change, mm-hmm. ease people into a shift, and mm-hmm. then move forward mm-hmm. uh, with that. Mm. I used to drive a manual transmission car, and my favorite thing was when you put the clutch in and when you pull out a gear and that your shifter actually just kind of like wiggles in the center and it's like free and it kind of floats. Mm-hmm. And when I think about like the way you said to our team, like, like it was like this breath of like, hold on, float in the middle for just a second. And you're right, it didn't have to take a long time. Mm-hmm. But your willingness to be attuned to the Holy Spirit's pause in that moment and to remind our team, because often the words you brought were words of like, like you just said, like God intended for you to be here. Mm-hmm. You're here for a reason. We, to like the, you have the most talented people in the room. That hundred percent is true of the people we pull from to be mm-hmm. part of the Philo crew. Mm-hmm. We could do an excellent conference and not ever acknowledge that it was God's invitation that brought us to where we are. And you've been such a good person for that anyway. One thing too, I really appreciated. And I noticed it's probably been happening, but just noticing this year, the, like the thing I love about pausing before we jump into rehearsal or, you know, the next session or service or whatever is I think there's so much good that's happened before we ever do a thing. <laughs> like, well, okay, we wouldn't be doing any of that if we didn't have a thing to do. You know, there's still, you go around the the room of people in that space, like they've, they've been doing great work before now. And to even take a minute to, you know, to celebrate who they are, what, you know, the, the work they've done, even, you know, just thinking about the creative team that's putting together all the things that we do for our conferences. But even if you put it into the context of your church service, like, yeah, the volunteer has been working hard to get better at what they're doing and mm-hmm. and to be able to celebrate some of that stuff. All that stuff's good too, not just the, we nailed every transition, you know? Right, right. So when you think about like, this will be our last question, because people might be listening going, yeah, yeah, celebration's great, but like I have a team that's really green 
mm-hmm. and they keep missing <laughs> cues and they keep missing transitions and leadership's down my throat about making the quality of our services better and this, that, and the other. What's that balance between training that moves towards growth, dare I say correction sometimes in the moment, but training towards growth is how I prefer to think of it, mm-hmm. and celebration? Because there's like the big celebration after event, Christmas celebration, whatever. There's like the weekly grind of weekend services, some like correction training towards growth and celebration in the moment. What's the right balance? Is there a right balance? I mean, I, I <laughs> we could do a whole nother podcast on this topic, but I feel like <laughs> I'm going to go way back into like what matters most and what we're doing, which is to have some idea a solid idea of what we're trying to accomplish and that everybody's on that page. Because if Mm. you're not there, correcting in the moment is hard to do because Mm -hmm. nobody knows what the target is. And so I think that's really the hardest part is laying the foundation for what are we trying to accomplish so that when things aren't going maybe according to plan, we can, each one of them is a learning opportunity more than a mistake. And so that just, it automatically changes the mindset of how are we responding to things that aren't going well. Because for me, it's like, if things are not going well, that means we have an opportunity to get even better next time. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, uh, this can never happen again. And yeah, okay. I mean, we'd like it to not happen again, but it's an opportunity to, why is this not good? Let's talk about it. And what can, how can we fix it for next time? So that's one big thing to me. And then I, I think there's, if if we're looking for a balance of like how much to celebrate and how much correction to do, I feel like there's enough going on good that we could be celebrating the entire time. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's hollow if we're not talking about the things that need to improve mm-hmm. um, yep. at the same oh, time. that's really good. So, hollow, like, yeah, celebration is great, but if we're not also growth-minded people. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, meaningless, yeah. I think so much of what you're describing is about the kind of culture that you want to create. Mm-hmm. So figuring out a way to balance an identification of what's the what's the target for our team, what's the goal for our team with, okay, well then all along the way, I'm going to celebrate us when we do really great at that. And I'm also going to, in a way, hold our team accountable to continually learning and growing and that doesn't always have to look like harsh criticism and you yeah. know bearing down and stress. It doesn't have to look like that. It can look like calm conversations at appropriate times, mm-hmm. debrief, you know, meetings. Like we have a culture around here at Philo. A debrief always starts with the wins and mm-hmm. then it goes into the learnings. And so like it can look like having great dialogue around, hey, what did you see in the role you had that went really well? Okay, what was really hard about what happened? Like what mistakes did we have? Okay, how are we going to correct those for next time? All of that is culture building, all of it. Mm -hmm. And so do you want to be more about the product or more about the people or what's the combination for what you want that to look like? I think like shameless book plug, like there are – M- multiple. I was just thinking the same yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I legitimately wrote them down because Good I want to call book. them out. Because chapter 22, people, if you want to go read the book, production's tough, let's enjoy it. Okay, so that speaks more towards like our larger conversation about celebrating, marking mm-hmm. the moments, having fun. And then chapter 37, celebrating the wins. Like, 
go and read those because there's some really tangible nuggets mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. about how to be kind of infusing culture mm-hmm. into what you're doing. I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I think is uh, pretty interesting. Chelsea, you just talked about debrief me- meetings starting with wins. But then what you didn't say is like, let's talk about the areas that you've lost, like wins and losses. You said mm-hmm. wins and learnings. So, Aubrey, you challenged the core team before the conference started to uh, write down some things in our mm-hmm. very last meeting. One of the things that I wrote down, I think at the top of my list was loss equals learning. Mm-hmm. And just that there's there's chances there in the times that we feel like we've missed the mark that we're learning something. Maybe we're learning something yeah. about ourselves, about the gear, about the people around us, about our leaders, good or bad, we're learning things. So I, I just think it's interesting that you you chose your words of wins and learnings when really that that is what it is. And there's something to be gained from both of those, to celebrate the wins, <laughs> to soak in the learning, and then we move forward. There's, mm-hmm. there's movement there. It's not... Yeah. It brings faith for the next time, mm-hmm. and not the fear that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Of the we don't we never want our teams to be working from a place of fear of oh I'm going to get yelled at or oh here it comes I know here comes the you know the criticism or whatever might happen if something goes wrong because we are going to make mistakes even the <laughs> most highest paid person on the team. So it's it's important to just operate from that place of faith of like, it, we've been there, we've learned that, we know what to do next time <laughs> and, le- and just lean into the things that we have learned in the past and where we're going in the future with it. And all in the context of relationship and intentionality. Mm-hmm. That's something all of you For have touched sure. on. You can't correct outside of relationship. I mean, you can correct outside of relationship. It's probably not going to go very well right. Right. or feel very good to the person yeah. being corrected. It probably feels awkward to you as a leader too. Mm-hmm. But in the context of relationship, it's actually more fun to celebrate and more effective to yeah. coach and correct. Yeah. Which is so good. Todd, you know that you have been my boss multiple times. And so, uh, in multiple times. Yeah. The first time you were my boss at Willow, I remember in certain situations, your response after a giant mistake or mistake of any size <laughs> might be, I bet you're never probably going to do that again. Like, you had enough faith in me yeah. or the people I was hearing you interact with to go, I know you want to do better and I know you can do better and now that you've experienced what it was like to have that big of a miss, I, I bet next time you're probably going to nail it. And that spoke faith and trust into mm-hmm. that person, which I want to model that as a leader mm-hmm. to other people too because I really do believe that people can totally do better and they don't want to mess up a second time or third right. time. Right. They don't want that. So I'm like, great, then I'll just be your cheerleader to get it next time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I see you, I hear you. That was hard. That did totally suck. But I think next time you're going to nail it. So, like, let's try again. That's and that, awesome. to talk like that and self-talk like that of, like, I'm not going to let that happen again. Like that just breeds uh, confidence mm-hmm. as you're going into the situation the next time yeah. of, like, oh, yeah, we saw what happened. <laughs> Everybody saw or heard what happened. <laughs> and now we know. Yeah. Um, and there's just a level of then going before you with confidence instead of fear, which yeah. is yeah. Uh, just that awkward space that, sometimes we live in. I mean, yeah. I think most people know when they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so they don't need to be reminded, you know, right. by me or whoever. Yeah. But I think, yeah, for me, the mistake is a springboard for 
better things. You know, mm. It's like the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. Unless you don't do anything with it. You know, then right. you, that's yeah. just a mistake. But yeah, it has an opportunity. Yeah, everybody has an opportunity to get better and mm-hmm. yeah, learn and grow. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Well, I'm going to have one final question that I didn't prep you with <laughs> in a second. But I'm super grateful to be on a team with each of you to get to watch you grow and how you celebrate and build culture with our team. I just feel honored to be with you in it. So my final question is, when you think about a celebration, what is one food that should be present? Mm. (laughs) I mean, I think I'll just, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Francesca's, which is not really a specific food, but we've (laughs) had many, it's a restaurant in the area that we've had uh, several of our celebrations there because it's my favorite place to eat. Or one of my favorite. It's Italian places. food for yeah, anyone yeah. Who's oh. not from the area. That's true. Super good. There are almost always in the Pribble household peanut butter M and M's and mm. gluten free Oreos. Mm. Yes. So even if that's not thanks part, Nabisco, yeah. the gluten free. Thank you ones. Nabisco. So even if that's not part of the meal plan, you throw them out anyways. They're going to get devoured. So it's like not just a, like a like a pre gaming snack yep. and like a bowl. Yep, I like it. There's a stack of Oreos out at my house last night. Nine people over there. They were devoured, and I had. All this other food. I'm like, but they got eaten. People <laughs> like them. Peanut uh, M&M's? Peanut butter. Peanut Ooh, butter yes. M&M's yeah. and gluten-free oranges. Yeah. Nate? Um, yeah, I think of uh, celebration, I guess it, uh, the dessert is probably mm. the, the key component. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you know, so you have the, the main part of the meal, but uh, whether you have dessert first or, or second, yes, whatever yes. your preference is. But uh, I think that there's... You know, oftentimes we think of like birthday celebrations, you know, that's with the singing and the candles and we're marking the moment uh, with the cake or whatever your choice might be. But uh, yeah, some good dessert probably being right there. Mm -hmm. How about you, Aubrey? I mean, ice cream was the first thing that came to mind. It might Mm -hmm. just be because it's my favorite food. Yes. (laughs) Meaning like the food you could eat every day and not get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, ice cream just feels, it just, who's that? Mm. I mean, I guess if you're lactose intolerant. You're not happy when you see ice cream? I mean, if only this was sponsored by Ben and Jerry's because that is your jam. Oh, my goodness. Tonight's show dough is my jam. But oh, also recently, Jimmy like, a really good charcuterie. I'm like some meat and cheese and yes. yummy things. Mm-hmm. Can you put some peanut butter that. M&Ms on there? You can. <laughs> yeah, Dessert anyway. board. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks for showing up and sharing who you are with our community. Philo fam, go have some ice cream. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Ops. Uh, these are some of my favorite people. And as my son would say, no cap. And I think that means like end of story, period. There are no more favorite people. These are my favorite people. Anyway, one of the overarching themes from our conversation is all about intentionality. I mean, regardless of the type of celebrations that need to happen, we need to be thinking about it, planning it, and then actually doing it. And so it doesn't matter how big your team is, how big your church, your budget, we all have the ability to celebrate our teams well. And really, one of the things I love too about our conversation was it doesn't have to cost really anything. I mean, Chelsea's example of the pom-poms, it was like 10 bucks or something, and then the rest is us being intentional. So 
Make sure that you think about ways you can celebrate your team, celebrate individuals on your team, and create a culture of celebration. I think it matters a lot. So thanks to Aubrey for hosting and for Chelsea and Nate for joining us on the podcast today. These three have been, you know, they're original Philo people dating back to back when we were doing something called Gurus of Tech together. So thanks for joining in and helping us talk about celebrating. Uh, Hashtag Team Mayo. We've got a few things happening over here at Philo, and one of those is our summer skills cohort. We just finished our second one of the summer, and we've got one more. We're gonna be focusing on lighting with Christina Pendleton. She's from the Grove Community Church in Riverside, California. And we've had some really great times in our other summer cohorts, talking about video and audio. And you still have time to sign up for the lighting one, which is Tuesday, August 8th. So you can go to philo.org slash coaching to register. Also, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Philo Community and on Twitter at Philo Conference. And you can subscribe to our newsletter or this podcast and kind of stay up to date on everything we have going on over here in Philo land. So that's it for episode 100. Thanks for joining us. See you on episode 101.